Adam Sandler raises a kid, the worst Transformers movie ever, and pop culture is completely transformed by a bat. This week on 30-20-10. This podcast needs an enema. Uh, I'm... I am so excited right now. Welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly look back. 30, 20, and 10 years ago, back in time. 302010. Yeah, that's what we do every single week. Examine uh, this week, this week across three decades, uh, 1989, 1999, and 2009, in terms of pop culture news, the things that shaped our world. Trust me, it'll help you figure out where you were, what you were doing, who you were hanging out with, and when your parents were divorcing. Yeah, I meant you specifically, kid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yikes. And this week is super exciting because, I don't know, like I had the most fun viewing experience in this entire the history of the entire show uh watching one of the movies this week and it, it, it in a redemptive way and i cannot wait to talk about it and of course it's going to happen early in 1989 which i think i might chris antista might might declare one of the finest years in cinema mm-hmm. this summer alone is ridiculous yeah. Yeah. Uh, and who else is with me I'm Diana Goodman. I have, in fact, danced with the devil in the pale moonlight. He has no rhythm. (laughs) You wouldn't think that. That's why he keeps trading souls for it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's me, Sarah, coming in with that big daddy energy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm daddy now, you guys, just so you know. Good, just in time for Father's Day. Yeah. And just kidding, you missed it. And I don't (laughs) want to hear anybody knock what I think is my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, really? percent agreed. That, whoa, I, was, I thought I'd be totally alone on that. We will get to it, people. Uh, we're talking about June 21st to 27th. Uh, everything that came out in that period, 1989, 2009, and 1999, but in a different order. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I fucked that up. Uh, but spice it up we got to begin in 1989, <laughs> just to, to get you used to the, the decade that we're dealing with. we got to give a congrats to Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith, who just tied the knot. And oh, a match made in heaven. I'm sure they'll be together forever. I mean, as long as oh. Antonio Banderas doesn't exist yet. Two good heads of hair in that family. <laughs> yeah, did they have a kid? I want to see what that looks like. They do. They it's do? the yep. Fifty Shades of Grey, Dakota Johnson. That's really? Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. See? And she looks, if you see young Don Johnson, she yes. just looks like young Don Johnson in drag. She truly she does. so much like her dad. And it's hard to say how much she looks like Melly Griffith because Melly Griffith has fucked up her face so much. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you go back but I remember. Day. Yeah. I remember working girl and nobody's fool. There, my dad and I watched nobody's fool once a year. It's a good way to get your Melanie uh, Griffith boobs. Uh, a shot of Melanie Griffith's yeah. boobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in a great film. Yeah, Aww. I know it's like the world's only sarcastic boob shot. <laughs> I love that. It's like nothing sexy about it. Even Paul <laughs> yeah. Newman barely reacts. Um, <laughs> and yeah, but 1989. I'm trying to just hold off because I don't know how to talk about any of these films without just gushing and gushing and gushing. Because <laughs> uh, there's only, I, I swear, we are approaching the worst period of television in the history of this show. So it's pretty. going to be a lot of movie-centric stuff. It's bad out there, you guys. It's, it's, <laughs> it's re- not good. Yeah, like just where we're like, I make extra effort to like, this can't be it, right? Mm-hmm. And it is. It is it. Mm-hmm. But, but I, the movies are so dominant and a movie that didn't even debut at number one. Oh, God damn it. Matt Frewer, oh, one of the finest Matt Frewer roles. Uh, Robert Olvery, Amy O'Neill, uh, Marcia Strassman, and Rick Moranis, and Joe Johnston's uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. 
From Walt Disney Pictures, when Wayne Selinski accidentally shrinks his kids... Where are we? ...they must battle their way back to the one place they think is safe. They're gonna head right for the house. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, playing together with a special added attraction, Roger Rabbit's back in an all-new maroon cartoon with baby Herman and America's favorite nurse, Jessica. Hey! Going up. Tummy trouble. We now join our regular. <laughs> so obviously the trivia you really want to know. Yes, this is the first time uh, Kathleen Turner is credited as Jessica Rabbit. Oh, yeah. yay! She thought it'd be a huge failure and didn't want her name in the movie, but she put it on Tummy Trouble. And I, I love how like either li- how much how little faith Disney has in Honey I Shrunk the Kids, or how much faith they have in Roger mm. Rabbit. That's half. Of the TV spot. That's true. Is, is Roger Rabbit will be in a seven-minute cartoon. Look up the poster for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Roger Rabbit is on it. Wow. It, it's on the cover of the VHS. It had, Roger Rabbit has been inextricably tied to this movie forever, and they do credit it uh, with its box office success, which I think up until up until the modern era, it was the most successful Disney live-action movie ever made. Why would anyone doubt the success of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? I would think one I mean, thing. Stupid name. <laughs> Really? Well, I, don't know. I suppose it, it, like it, before As a grammar snob, it annoys me. Yes, <laughs> but in terms of like it, it, it did make for a lot of early memery. Oh, for sure. And I, I even remember us return, <laughs> like referring to like when Mario like gets hit, like he got Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. I'm not. It sounds it's terrible, not, but those were the jokes we were making. Uh, but Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I watched it recently, and I can't say enough positive things about it. Mm. It's fucking it excellent. Held it's great. Up. I was really surprised. I hadn't seen this since probably like 1990, watching on video, and it's cute and it's fun. And even then, I was like, "Oh wow, practical effects! They built like a fucking giant Cheerio. Mm-hmm. That's rad." And then, yeah, I rewatch. I'm like, "Oh, this actually holds up. All my bad memories are from the sequel. Yeah, this is mm. cool. Which is also not bad. <laughs> I watched that too recently. <laughs> It does not. It is not as good as I know. But like, other than not even close. We'll talk about the effects in this movie. But what they did with this one is built a lot of tiny things, uh, tiny houses and sets that a baby can interact with in order to look big. And Mm -hmm. I do love that shit. Yeah, that's fine. It it still looks great. It's not a lot of blue screenery. It's a lot of model work. Mm -hmm. And uh, And same same here. They build a set that's a giant Lego. Exactly, a giant oatmeal cream pie. And I think. A dream come true. If you haven't heard me say this a billion times, all of Disney's live action movies, and this might even account for Marvel stuff, suck. They're all mm. terrible. Mm. I grew yes. up watching The Love Bug mm-hmm. and a bunch yep. of stuff that Kurt Russell did. They're the all, Parent Trap. They're, they're all terrible. No, not Parent Trap. Freaky Friday. Parent Trap is terrible. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've watched it recently. I, mean, I, I even love Peach Dragon, which I can objectively say is fucking terrible. Oh. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really bad. But like, and, and even now, pre Marvel, like, Cheetah Girls, all that shit. Disney made terrible, terrible live action mm. films. Fire the Navigator in this. <laughs> the new Parent Trap is excellent. Is it? The Nobody low can tell the me new different. one. Yes. <laughs> well, the new one from twenty years ago. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's it's actually pretty good. It's really good. But they're usually forgettable. It's just fun. It's, it's so fun. It's so forgettable, or they're they're like they're striving to go back to their past, mm-hmm. which they did in the, a lot in the two thousands. But Honey and Shrunk the Kids is such a fun fucking movie and it's not just that all the effects are practical it's like mm-hmm. the same way my eyes would light up when i would see a godzilla movie from the 60s i know mm-hmm. it's a little hokey but it just looks cool you turn this on and sit a kid in front of it they're gonna be absorbed well because it's yeah. perfect alchemy of really simple concept mm-hmm. like one sentence concept like you just need to yeah i thought one of the original taglines was like oh a grand scale adventure in the backyard. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's like, yeah. it's a two day quest to get from back to the porch because yeah. of how 
how much Richard Selinsky strunk these kids with the help of a baseball. <laughs> he shrunk him so I, tiny. I think, I think it might be one of the highest grossing Rick Moranis films. <laughs> and I think it may have made him yeah. a like a top line star just oh, yes. how successful this movie was because he sure. was kind yeah. of a, Well, he's he's on a roll, man. I mean, mm-hmm. besides that we had Ghostbusters 2 what like last week, mm-hmm. but his previous starring stuff was what Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah. Yeah, 86. He's killing it. Spaceballs. He's a star, baby. It, 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 Rick, Rick Moranis uh, in the 80s is a really weird mark of quality. He can yeah. uh, have a good time yeah. with almost anything he's in. But in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I can't overstress the importance of. Like, I, I, I only, I'm sad I missed it, but its presence was elongated in the Disney parks. Mm-hmm. If you went, yes. especially in Florida, because oh, yeah. I don't think they did this with the parks in mind, mm-hmm. but they built a land that was the scale and size mm-hmm. of the kids in the backyard of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And Honey, it, I Shrunk the Kids mm-hmm. is about a, a movie where a scientist shrinks his kids and the neighbor's kids and mm-hmm. they have to have an adventure in the backyard to get back and dad almost eats them. There. Yeah. I feel like I'm not doing the plot justice, but you should know what this is. They also had a 3D movie, a Disney MGM movie. Yeah, yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Well, it's like one of those 4D because mm-hmm. I remember like they the dog <laughs> sneezes on you and you can feel the water, which I love all of those. Me too. Things. Me too. Those are some of my favorite things in those Disney parks, Me man. Too. God, yeah. RIP that Terminator ride. Oh, yeah. Badass. Well, yeah, that's at Universal, <laughs> but yeah, that's my favorite. But yeah, I remember they even had the thing where it's like, I think a, a rat's supposed to run by you or something and it would like whip mm-hmm. air at your legs to like Ooh. feel the the rat tail. Oof. It's sad. They always, because they just got rid of Bugs Land in, uh, in California Aww. and yeah, they had to answer it under your ass. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was, Super cool. It's a good one. <laughs> and a wasp sting you. Yeah. Uh, do you get to ride a bee? I never got to see the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience because my parents oh, yeah. are cruel monsters. I saw it and I loved it. It was one of my favorite parts Rick of Moranis MGM. Rick Moranis is in it. I think so. It's. I mean, it's been so long. It's but hard if, for me to yeah, remember. Yeah. But yes, I'm pretty sure. And then you came out of that into the land, the land that they mm-hmm. built where you could like uh-huh. slide down a giant blade of grass. That and was so cool. All that stuff. I never really spent a lot of time there because... I don't think this should be shocking to anyone, but as a child, I did not enjoy a playground. So, <laughs> <laughs> and she was already short. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to feel smaller. I, true, <laughs> this is my everyday life. So thanks, but yeah, I never really spent a lot of time in the land exploring because that would mean I'd have to like interact with other children. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the three D. It's and, and, and this, again, I cannot express enough how good this movie is. How how much it holds up it is a, is a yeah. wonderful yeah. effect showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, riding on a bee, oh, Auntie! It's like the it's like this close to the Artex scene in Neverending Story. Mm-hmm. Auntie's one of the greatest characters of <laughs> yes. all time. Uh, it, it, this is seriously watch this shit, especially if you kids. I would love to hear what your kids think of this film. Yeah, because because again, mm-hmm. it, it, as, as someone who likes Disney history, Disney was on the urge of like bankruptcy and not making movies anymore mm-hmm. three years ago, and they're on this Roger Rabbit to Little Mermaid to Honey I Shrunk the Kids like tour de force like revitalizing the company oh yeah oh reverse that we got little mermaid still coming yeah little mermaid hasn't happened yet we got a one-two punch man oh wow an actually decent live action disney movie how about that and then boom with the haymaker they'd had we're back baby they'd had no success despite how good flight of the navigator is uh in 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 either animation or live action in fucking years Mm -hmm. and like these movies hit and I swear it's not just my nostalgia. This this movie is almost wall to wall effects, and they're mm-hmm. all wonderfully practical and hold up because how grand scale they are. Yeah, it's great. And I it, would say they're the best sets of all time, but except the movie we have to talk about next. God it's damn it! So <laughs> it's so believable, yet also looks like a playground, yeah. which makes it perfect for planting it right into Disney MGM Studios. Yeah, like you could yeah. not ask yeah. for a better crossover there, you know. But yeah, it's. 
this is one of the movies that was like on VHS at my grandparents' house. Yeah. So all of us cousins <laughs> watched it, it a bunch. It's one of the few videos I had. Uh, I had yeah. Rick Moranis nose to nose with a dog. Yeah, little Roger Rabbit thing in the corner. Precisely. Yeah, I loved it. And I mean, the, the kid acting is good. Mm-hmm. Rick Moranis, of course, is great. The mom, I always thought was a weird choice. Yeah, she has such a serious huh. look about her. I don't know. I just daddy's mean fun. Mommy's need business. That's right. from the second movie. Uh, <laughs> I've seen these movies a lot. Yeah, uh, but I I, I oh, love this. Were there three movies or just there's two? one made for video movie? Honey, we shrunk ourselves. That's right. With Rick Moranis and oddly written by MST3K creator Joel Hodson. Oh, okay. I have not seen huh. it though. Huh. I've not seen it in a series that mm-hmm. nobody started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah. Yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Dude, see that shit if you never have. Mm-hmm. Get high. A great summer movie. Grab a kid or a yeah. joint and watch that shit. It's so great. <laughs> don't grab both. <laughs> you can do what you'd like. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> Don't give the joint to the kid. Do what you yeah. like. Yes, it could stunt their mental Do one, growth. then the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie is... Anything else on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids before we get into the other... Th- you thought that movie was mind-blowing for me. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of surprised that they put this out against the number one movie of the week because the number one movie of the week has a ton of appeal for kids and it's like honey i shrunk the kids it's like maybe they they're thinking oh we'll go younger because the the opposition is going to be too dark and scary and not realizing no it's like the biggest pop culture thing going on right now and all the little kids are going to go see it even though it is dark and scary and weird and gross it is yeah yeah and uh oh oh can't tease it anymore I love going backwards with this cast list, though. Mm-hmm. Jack Palance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of like eight yes, Jacks in the house. movies. Uh, Michael Gall, Billy D. Williams, Pat Hingle, Robert Arliss Wool is uh, <laughs> in this movie. Is there a six foot bat, bat in Gotham City? Uh, Kim Basinger. Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton in one of the greatest movies of the entire decade, Batman. The real story. The love story. A woman in danger. A hero in black. The adventure you've been waiting for. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Now playing at a theater near you. I believe the what are you? The re- I believe the what are you? That is our our friend's uncle. Uh, I find oh, I, so. Huh. The, so they claim. Uh, you know the twins that we used to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's their uncle apparently. Hmm. Um, one of the few roles he really? had is saying like one of the best openings, best lines in the in the opening yeah. of a superhero movie. Uh, and I even forgot like the misdirect of the superhero movie. I'm watching this great. We get to see Bruce Wayne's parents die again. Me too. Oh shit! What a swerve! I totally fell for that. <laughs> what I a swerve! Like, okay. I hadn't seen it in a while. Wow. Yeah, that's true. I don't I, like. Uh, I don't know where to start with this, but I will say like, um, I had a bad attitude towards this movie. Not as a kid. Absolutely not. Like this w- was huge. Mm-hmm. I, I remember mm-hmm. like it was. It made it to one of the top grossing. Movies of all time. It was in the top, like, at, that's how big this movie was. I remember mm-hmm. a kid came to school in head-to-toe Batman merchandise. Nice. And I thought, <laughs> this is the coolest person I've ever seen in my life. And I, it, Because that's how fucking... I love what little kids think is cool. That's how ragey fucking, like, we, yeah. we were for Batman. And, he, and I really want people to remember what state we were in with Batman. Mm-hmm. There are Batman comics. And there's the 1960s yep. Adam West show right. still running in reruns on syndicated television. And that's it. There's nothing yep. else. It, there's nothing else. Batman was kind of a household name, but like 
this launched him into a different stratosphere, like mm-hmm. into like full Mickey Mouse territory. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Yeah. well, I mean, the redesign of the logo just by I was itself just about is to say that. unbelievable. I mean, it's so cool. I need, I need to find out that that graphic designer's name because that makes a big difference. That fucking logo was goddamn everywhere because it's really god. And they knew it. The movie yeah. opens up with you literally traveling through the logo. At the end of that trailer, <laughs> instead of having the title, they just put the logo yeah. at the end of the trailer. That is so cool. It's cool. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah, The VHS box sticks out to me because it's like the sides are cut right. off and it's like it's bigger than the, than the title itself. Uh-huh. Uh, it was And it was everywhere. And I feel bad for everybody who makes a new Batman anything because like, someone has to redesign the logo when, when no one wants them to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep yeah. the yellow, the yellow oval emblem. Question: mm-hmm. I now I cannot remember, but do all of the bat costumes have ears? Yes. Okay. Yes. Adam West are super short. I just feel like those, the ones in this one, look so big. And this I was this like, did create. Well, it from my perception created the tall Batman ears thing. Okay. Even in the comics, even today, like the, the ears are much smaller. Okay. Than in Michael Keaton's costume, and I can't get over. I got, I got, they recently released it in 4K (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I got a copy of it. And I, one, I can't, like, I can't believe how rubbery and stupid the costume looks. (laughs) It, like, it, like, on a big screen in high resolution, it looks, but this looks so cool. But that's, that's, that's part of my, uh, like, I remember this movie came out and I've told, I talk about that all the time. Like, I grew up watching Adam West Batman and loving it because it was the only representation of comics on television. Mm -hmm. It wasn't camp, it was real. I loved it. It was just Batman to me. And I remember this movie came out in the in the market and the conversations like it's not gonna be like that stupid Adam West camp fucking horse shit and like I, I like that mm-hmm. I like that a lot and like I get there whoa this ain't my daddy's Batman this is cool and then I watched it a few years ago I'm like this is the campiest horse shit oh, of all yeah. time yeah. like what were, what were we all thinking thinking this was super dark and I thought and I was just watching it like this is fucking ridiculous it's all campy up until you get to Christopher Nolan I feel like. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. Like something about this viewing, like this movie is fucking excellent. Yeah. This I had yeah. so much fun with it. It is mm-hmm. immaculately done. It's ne- needless matte shots on mm. the director Tim Burton. Tim Burton, thank you. Tim I like non comic fan yeah. Tim Burton yeah. finally getting off the ground. Batman who. Warner Brothers couldn't make this happen for How? years. How did he get? If you this? remember, yeah. we did a it's bunch. It's so weird when you think of all these people coming together for this. Because yeah, you're right. That Batman was campy and stupid. Mm-hmm. Then we got the guy coming off of Beetlejuice, hiring Beetlejuice to be Batman. And oh. I mean, Nicholson as the Joker is perfect. He's actually topped build over Batman. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be like there is a lot of campy silliness, but compared to what had come before it is extraordinarily serious mm-hmm. and very very black and and spires and smoke and just scary like the production design the production the, is- Danny Elfman's score is very like mm-hmm. tense and it's everything so serious and but also it's just that little bit of campy and weird and goofy and how did this even happen I don't it, it was a product it came about <laughs> over the series of a yeah. decade and script rewrites and like they went from almost a literal adaptation of the Adam West show mm-hmm. into this because basically because of Tim Tim Burton mm-hmm. and I love the production design is the untold oh, superhero of this fucking film. It Just is. you you look at it and it's like yeah Gotham really sucks from every corner it's of the design. So dirty. <laughs> they prioritize girders and vents over yeah. windows and grass. Yeah. It looks dis- yeah. in smokestacks as far as the eye can see. Even it looks gross. The mansion looks dingy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just dusty and dirty. It's yeah. so good. I, I actually know his name. Anton First was the production designer. Uh, okay. And uh, unfortunately, he died by suicide not oh. long after. Um, 
and we didn't get to see the rest of his career because I can't imagine him bringing in these drawings and being like, yeah, here's my plan. Uh, it's like going to look like a hellscape. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything looks like it smells like garbage mm-hmm. and it's dingy. And if you touch it, your hands will now be great. <laughs> it's, it's a but testament to him. I want to say he killed himself because he knew he could never top the perfection. <laughs> the perfe- Seriously. Perhaps. Like, I mean, it's so this is good. This is like uh, this is like three years before CG is ubiquitous and no mm-hmm. one would bother to go to this extent. Even when you look at the sets on the sets on the street level design, there's like a nasty, rusty girder in the middle of the street <laughs> yeah. for no reason. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Well, and the costume and the makeup design mm-hmm. matches that too yeah. like the mm. the two bad guys in the beginning look mm-hmm. like they're dying of consumption like they have like <laughs> big dark sh- they have little dirt on their face like it's all the outfits are just kind of also look musty mm-hmm. you know like it's just mm. it all matches and, so and, and well juxtaposed with like the high class Gotham stuff like this yeah. movie I, I swear I was I was down on it like a t- uh, like 10 years ago but it is fucking perfect mm-hmm. it is really because yeah. Returns is also really good mm-hmm. which I think I love Returns and it, it, love I think it. finds a better stride but like out of the gate remember oh god I hate fans Robert Pattinson is Batman boo yell yell and it's like mm-hmm. I have to be the old guy like we've been through Do this already. Do we have to keep doing Seriously this? like <laughs> I was there I remember I remember Adam West was on his soapbox about how I should have been Batman in the timber. Right. Who is yeah. this I, Mr. Mom really? Right. Like and <laughs> like thousands of letters to Warner Brothers it, it ads taken out the paper about how Michael Keaton is wrong for yeah. Batman and in all honesty coming away from this like I like his Bruce Wayne a funnier more charming and less smarmy mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I like his Bruce Wayne a lot. The actual worst Batman is George Clooney. And you, I yeah. couldn't have predicted that. And he yes. He's yeah. happy to tell you that he is the worst yeah. Bruce Wayne. It, it, and like if you told me he had been cast as Batman, I'd be like, that's fucking great. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it was horrible. It's terrible. It, it, it's, it's just the worst. But like, I it's, do have it's just sauce. happening again. Where yeah. like Robert, pa- like he'll be fine. Watch Good Times. It's a great film. And you'll see why Robert Pattinson can probably play Batman. Yeah. Uh, and Jack Nicholson, I think, it is yeah. also like fuck. I think we were talking about that in a recent episode of something. Just the idea that like actors were still like in this hoity-toity area of respect. I'm not going to do a franchise mm-hmm. film or a comic book. Pierce Brosnan turned up his nose at the idea of playing Batman, as did most people. And uh, Jack Nicholson didn't want to do it either. But he's like, all right, if you give me a bunch of the gross off the film and the merchandise, it's rumored that he may have made 100 extra million dollars oh because Lord. of his yeah. deal for Batman. His already looks like that. I know. It's for- <laughs> I know. He's already got the eyebrows and, and the smile. Yeah. And that's part of what I love about the design of this is that he is always this pop of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the griminess. Yeah. That this whole city is brown, gray, gooey. He's, and then oh. he shows up with the bright white face mm-hmm. and the purple suit. And sometimes he's in like a lit environment, like the art museum where he starts trashing things. Yeah. And it's a print most song. of the time, it's just this weird colory blob mm-hmm. in this in this world and it just makes him look creepier but also fun yeah the anachronistic contrast that gotham needs and then also kim basinger Mm -hmm. shows up and she's like this ball of light yeah like her dress at the party is yeah it's like a wedding dress and then her humongous blonde hair (laughs) i've never seen so much hair on a human (laughs) like it's crazy, but yeah. And then it's... Robert Wool, who led people like me to grow up to think we could be in superhero <laughs> movies, which no, it turns out we can't. Not even as not even as sixteenth build reporters. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, Too, not pretty enough. Uh, but Aww. fuck, this movie is this. This was so 
much fun to mm-hmm. rewatch. And Warner Brothers did a great job with the remaster, and the sound is so good. The Danny Elfman yeah. score, like I think this is when I learned oh, who so Danny Elfman was. Is this the first time we hear that? Dun, 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 like. The Mario Underworld music? Yeah, but it sounds like the same. Do you know what I'm talking about? From where? the score where he's like running along at one point and it's like. Dun, 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 dun. No, I don't know. I don't know. But, okay. but Danny Elfman, I think, through movies like this, redefined what score sounded like. Yeah. It's it, it's yeah. very strange to attribute that to Batman. I, mm-hmm. I already loved his Pee Wee's Big Adventure score, mm-hmm. but I didn't know I could love scores until this film. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's so good. Well, I mean, and we can't talk about the music though without talking about it, it has a song score by Prince, Prince. which oh, might yeah, be. Right. I mean, is great, but it is one of the very few things that date this. Right. Because otherwise, this could um, stick in any. Besides era. Basinger's giant glasses, she's got those giant '80s glasses that we all had. I want. Why is this not a thing that happens more often? I love it when there is a song score to something. I mean, fucking yeah. back to the graduate. I want to just take a really good recording artist and be like, "You're not going to write background music. Mm-hmm. I want you to write a bunch of songs mm-hmm. for my movie." Mm-hmm. And just that is the music now. What kind of songs do you want? That's my Prince impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, something for let's say. 50-year-old men in suits to dance around him. Like, that's, that's, that's what we want. And that's, that's, that's We're comprises. We're going to have a parade that turns menacing. Can you do that? Oh, yeah. Oh. This shit. Yeah, I actually, I already have. I have six songs like that because yeah. I'm motherfucking Prince. This shit is so fucking good. And then, like, and just being, if, if you're like me and mired with, like, you know, I pay attention to some of those debates. What? Marvel movies are better. DC movies are better. Like, this is a much more marvel approach to even a dark film. Like that whole sequence with the yeah. reporters getting gassed and not being able to wear makeup is mm-hmm. so fucking funny. <laughs> it's, and they make them look so gro- needlessly grotesque. Oh yeah, of course. I don't, like it, it has such a sense of humor while trying to be the darkest thing humanity has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it, it yeah. matches them. And Jack Nicholson's performance, I didn't remember his performance being that otherworldly or like it's it's closer to Heath Ledger's than you think having watched both those oh, movies yeah. this year Agreed. it's really good all over the place he never I remember every line he says but I never remember like well, I didn't know that was going to go that way he's going to sing a song of hot town in the old town why say it like that you weirdo <laughs> fuck's sake this is so strange yeah. good this, good good for you Jack Nicholson it, it, what a strange bit of casting! Like uh, him oh, yeah. being the most famous person in the film, where he is. I'm pretty sure he's a uh, he's not doing well because we haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. The last time I saw him was on SNL 40th, and he was a little slow. Mm. He's a little slow. Mm. But he's uh, like in his 80s. Come on. I, no, I know, but like, he, but just that how like Jack Nicholson, his career is so fucking amazing. I was introduced to him here, mm-hmm. and I think this. Oh, it's weird that this might be my favorite movie. That, I know it's not the best Jack Nicholson movie. That's probably like Five Easy Pieces or Cuckoo's Nest uh, or one the of those. Shining? Yeah, 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 but like, you know, Shining's like a good... Ho- yeah, no, he's really good in that. Yeah. But but like, this is awesome. Yeah. And like, this made me fall in love with him and like, I'll see something with the Joker in it. Anything you want. <laughs> yeah. I'll see anything Jack Nicholson is in. Mm-hmm. And and let's... And again, like I said, we are, we are in a barren Batman universe. And then overnight, Happy Meals, merchandise... A new cartoon comes out. Mm-hmm. People are picking up the comics again. The Adam West thing is still fucking running. It's just it just becomes everywhere. It becomes full Mickey Mouse with Batman mm-hmm. in the most bizarre way imaginable. And I've just gone I've gone like three ways on it. Loved it. Thought it was campy ridiculousness to now that like it's perfect. It yeah. is a fucking perfect film. It is really good. 
Um, and it, yeah, it, it is it is so weird to look back on, you know, with the 2020 hindsight of seeing the, the ebb and flow of the comic book movie and that we get, oh, we get a run of them into the 90s, mm-hmm. pretty much based off of the success of this. Everyone <laughs> trying to be the next this. Yeah. Um, and they're pretty much all terrible, like almost across the board. <laughs> and then and then, you know, as we've looked back you know, into the nineties, we got like the tail end of this. And then when we were working on, you know, 2008 last year, we got two of the best. Then we got dark Knight and iron man. Mm-hmm. And then the iron man kicking off the, the modern age of yeah. everything being a comic book and everything being a franchise and interlocked and all that. And that this was just, he's Batman. Yeah. Watch and, him do Batman stuff. And, and, and I didn't re- like, uh, and here's the thing. Having read a lot more Batman comics since then, it takes, I hate the Joker having a backstory and being a real person. And, yeah, uh, and and like if no one's approach oh. is like it doesn't matter who he is it makes it more exciting. Have you seen the trailer for the new Joker movie? Oh yeah, the, the oh, Joaquin Phoenix yeah. one. Yeah, I, I, I feel like know. we could do without that. Um, I don't know. I think the guy, the guy who did the Hangover, should definitely make a seventies. I'm looking forward to it. It does look, <laughs> it does look intri- I'm doing intriguing. A hard pass on that one. But like the the Red Hood stuff, that's that's which is a sole Bill Finger creation who is not credited on this film, but he will be. Huh. I think Batman versus Superman onwards. He created that storyline of the Joker falling into a vat of chemicals, and mm. that's how we created him. But like, that's it's just so because having watched the Heath Ledger one recently, like that's not that's clearly not the case. Yeah, no. It's like, do you want to know how I got these scars? Yeah. Well, I got kicked into a vat yeah. of chemicals. Yeah, it's, you're not going to be more interesting <laughs> than mystery. That. Yeah, it, you just won't be, and uh, it just it's just odd because that solidified the Joker's story for me for years. Even though most comics pretty much ignore that and don't talk about it, no one mentions the name Jack Napier. Um, which is one of like six Jacks in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so many Jacks. Jack Nicholson is playing Jack against Jack Palance, who is, I'm also guessing his name is Jack. But I don't know. I should stop talking about it. I fucking loved rewatching this, mm-hmm. uh, especially that new version Warner Brothers just put out. Kudos to that. We'll put a link on the, on the page um, to, that, to that release because it's, it's well worth looking at um, if you have access to a 4K television. Really, really good remaster. Not a lot of dancing grain for a, for a dark movie. Yeah, dude, it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And I could really appreciate certain things that were... I I remember I I had the choice for a year to... My parents were like, you get one VHS this year uh, that you get to... Were parents Dickens characters? I, I mean, I would get like... I, again, my grandma would give me Mac and me. Uh, she would give me Mac and me. We'd get like Disney clamshells for like me and my sister's birthday because we didn't really ask for them. They just show up. But when I got to choose my first VHS, it was between Roger Rabbit and Batman. I chose Oof. Roger Rabbit. But I eventually got Batman and watched it like every fucking day. Mm-hmm. Every goddamn day. Love the Batman movie. Um, and watching this again was just a fucking delight. So if you're, if you're like me and you haven't seen it in a while, I seriously recommend like rekindling your love for it. If you've never, that's impossible for you to have never seen this, isn't it? Yeah, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, we get, we get youngsters who listen to the show that are, you know, well under 30 and they probably, this is probably not their first Batman. Mm. Yeah. Because there's like, probably I don't know Batman Forever or something. It's Ooh, it's, it's old, but it is not boring. And I say that at, right. growing up as a fan of the the Christopher Reeve superhero Superman movies. Those things have real long boring stretches in them. <laughs> this has no such no such thing. I love it. He just instantly like, you want, hey, you want to go upstairs, Vicky Vale? Boom! Implied that they fuck. Whereas Superman's like yeah. half a love story. And yeah. <laughs> I was kind of shocked by that. And upon my rewatch, I had forgotten about that point. It's like, oh, oh, okay, we're just gonna do it. Okay, cool. I, I'm continually <laughs> shocked by shit like that, even though I shouldn't, because I just watched the the amazing Ninja Turtles meets Batman movie, and like, mm. it just starts with like huh? a, a, 
fucking throwing star through the face and like I forgot <laughs> like outside of cartoons this medium has this character has been pretty violent in every medium oh, and this yeah. this movie is dark with a lot of brutal death mm. uh, a lot of comic comedic comedic death yes uh, implied mm. of, of a lot of people uh, yes it, and so I, yeah. I still can't believe how dark this movie was to compared to how how well received it was by the public mm-hmm. it, it seems like watchdog groups should have been all over this because this this is real dark kid shit for mm-hmm. kids is real dark shit mm-hmm. oh, I, I, you guys talk I, I, I have too much to say yeah <laughs> I mean I don't even know that it was really for kids yeah it was that Hollywood Honestly, time for everybody yeah I think yeah. that this mm-hmm. is like one of those movies that's like more for adults revisiting the their childhood, the Batman right. of their childhood, Which and we then should just say our, bringing our, their kids. Our hometown along. has this Batmobile in it because that guy it bought it. Yep, the car museum and, uh, here. Someday I'm going to bother him to like let me take it out. Yeah, mm. it's a means, pretty sweet yet impractical Batmobile. It is. Yeah. It, it, it just watching that part of it makes no sense. You are a a creature of the night. Mm-hmm. Stealth is your is your only friend. <laughs> And this garish long car that spits it's fire. It's so long. It's, it's like so a stretch long. limo. Who else would this be? <laughs> I hope. Park it? I hope no one follows me. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it, that is ridiculous. And I, I, as much as I, re- the only thing I hate about the Nolan movies is the Batmobile. It is. Yeah. It is a whole lot of no fun. It looks like a bunch of Legos, but it put makes together. sense. Like it's all clunky, yeah, but it practical. makes. Yeah, it's very. It's practical, practical for who Batman it's is. It's the and this Subaru is not. of the Batmobile. <laughs> What? It's got all-wheel drive, Alfred? Yeah. AM, FM radio? You stick my tape <laughs> it's adapter 20 in? miles to the gallon city. That's pretty good for a Batmobile. I mean, yeah. But yeah, everything everything about this movie, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And I've seen Returns recently, and as much as I love that blue filter, I don't know, there's got to be something said for this, because like, I don't know, let's try and, th- if we try and think of the blockbusters from last year, like, what do we have, Diana? I can't. Like Top Gun, we were talking about Top Gun like just two years ago in this show. Oh. This this feels like mm-hmm. a fucking decades away, but it's it's just a couple of it's just a couple dozen months mm-hmm. away from Top Gun. Uh, so strange. Okay, you guys go. Are we we yeah. done? Should I be quiet? I think we covered it. Yeah. Oh, I love it's it. great and I watch it. it. Watch it seriously. Yeah. I don't know what worth a rewatch. About it. Worth a rewatch. And again, everything else. If you thought that movie was bleak, you don't know what TV looks like for through the month of uh, June and July. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, it is not it is not good. It's the '80s. We live in the monoculture. We have basically three networks putting on who just basically retire for the summer, go mm-hmm. on vacation, pretty much. Put on a bunch of weird shit. Uh, I, I did see this show is not even worth mentioning. Day by day, uh, day by day, uh, a show about a wealthy yuppie couple who quit their jobs to raise their second child. And that child is also yeah. Thora Birch. And the oh, cast yeah. also includes yeah. uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes, who I just looked up. He's Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movies and the voice of Prince Eric. I'm just I didn't know that was the wow, same person. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. All right. Did not uh, know that. Courtney Thorne Smith, um, a, a famous uh, box office poison infamy, uh, yeah. and uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus. So if you want to see something really weird, look up a clip of Dave Bidet. It she is dressed and has the hair of Elaine, and it's like uh, it's like Elaine was taken to a new a new show. I don't think she cannot be <laughs> Elaine. Like, but it's like the 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 front bun thing, right? And the shoulder pads. When you have she hair look like, that good, she doesn't remind me in Veep or the New Adventures of Old Christine. She doesn't look Not like visually, Elaine. but she's playing Elaine. She looks so much like Elaine. Even in the intro, I'll show it to you. It'll blow well, your fucking that's mind because like <laughs> Seinfeld starts basically tomorrow. So, it, does. Yep. it does. You know, and also apparently everyone needs three names to be on the show like i don't know what thor birch was up to but get that little name out there girl. uh and i don't know 
So also we have the conclusion of a show I don't think we mentioned, but it's again this talking about Disney's bad history. Like Disney made a soup did you know Disney made a superhero movie at the beginning of the eighties, thinking like kind of knowing that's what the public wanted. And but unfortunately that movie was Condor Man. Uh, <laughs> it is it is hilarious. From nineteen eighty one, I think he made he made a brief appearance as a Happy Meal toy in a mm-hmm. Toy Story cartoon recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where Disney was. Their one season wonder, hard time on planet Earth. Yeah. Uh, what, okay. what What do you want to hear? The the intro, or the promo. The intro. The intro is the premise of the show. Okay, I was gonna say, does the intro explain what the show is? Yes. Because I've done some like research on mm-hmm. that. You know, when I do TV mm-hmm. research, I still can't. It's like a TV show. I have to look up every week because I keep forgetting it just, what it's about. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it, I cannot hold it in my brain. It's it's, it's premise. You'll understand, but it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So there's an alien sent to Earth. That's all I'll give you. Preparably for rebellion against the council is termination. But because of your heroic services as a warrior, you are exiled to the primitive planet Earth, there to dwell in human form until you learn to restrain your hostility. This control unit will monitor you. Hostility? That is actually the voice of Roger Rabbit, Charles Fleischer, as one oh. of the first CG characters I can think of on television, Control. Oh. This this alien warrior uh, fought in the rebellion mm-hmm. and lost, but because he was such a great warrior, they don't kill him. Yeah, I don't get because you murdered us so hard and resolutely. <laughs> we gotta respect like, you. <laughs> we sentence you to go to Earth and until you mend your way. Like he could murder all of us. What are you doing? Why are you sending him to Earth? Yeah. And but it's just like it's this Disney show. If you want to read like. I, I, I wish I could watch more of it because the reviews were so harsh on this mm. thing. And it, and it ends here. Here's a promo for it because it's, it's, it's clearly a much more lighthearted show. An, an alien on Earth in human form learning to help other human beings and get rid of his antisocial warrior-like behavior okay. with a little CG robot name control. He's just a visitor from out of town. Welcome to planet Earth. Way out of town. He's not your average psycho. And he doesn't have your average tour guide. We are going to have to help each other. I would rather live in the slime pits of Zartan. But they'll do whatever's inhumanly possible to fit in on planet Earth. Help me! Please try to stay out of trouble. Suspect just went through a chicken ranch. <laughs> all right, all right. This, but yeah, this so was, much driving uh, in this promo. This was savage, and like the only reference, the most of the references to it are the review and the the elation over its cancellation, mm. <laughs> <laughs> which happens on the twenty first this week. Uh, on the twenty fifth, we also had the NBC TV movie The Gifted One. Yeah, starring Peter Kowenko and <laughs> John really. Reese Davies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just a TV movie. They're starting to slow down over the summer, so we're not seeing as many. But this one was a young boy who has ESP-like abilities to heal people with his Ooh. body and a parent not like that. I, why would you assume I was assuming that? <laughs> because I've met you and... <laughs> And he um, is like being raised by scientists, and then he runs away from the scientists to find his mother. I don't know, y'all. It is mm. a real dry week for TV. It, it really is. And I think emphasized, man, how snotty were the networks that they never aired the NBA draft before? Yeah. And like cable, I think, still couldn't afford a lot of like NBA was not on TNT yet. I think mm-hmm. you, like Braves baseball was like a defining characteristic of having cable. Yes. The idea of being able to see every major league game, no matter where you were. Mm-hmm. And uh, TBS airs the NBA draft for the very first time. Yes. And I looked at the draft so and I pulled crazy. only the names of players that I've heard of. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> I've heard of Sean Kemp and Tim Hardaway 
Mookie Blaylock, though? You've never heard of Mookie Blaylock? Yeah. No, no. Bruh. No, that's, that sounds like that's probably the name of the guy from Hard Time on Planet Earth. That's a very alien name. Uh, Mookie Blaylock, you have been sentenced to Hard Time on Planet Earth. Uh, Mookie Blaylock sounds like a fun time. There's, there's, there's one too many L's in there. You gotta, nah. uh, anyway, anyway, no video games to speak of in 1989. Just two really uh, great movies. Uh, June 21st. Oh, the music is packed. Yeah, wow, man. yeah. New re- God damn it. New releases this week from in terms of music. Looking for freedom by David Hasselhoff. Mm. I think his oh, biggest yeah. hit. Give it a couple months. Mm-hmm. Is that the Give song he sings? Yeah. When uh, he's... Yep, and yes, he will is. inspire the German people with this album. Wow. Oh, my God. They Life is weird. <laughs> no matter how many times I'm explained to wh- how that happened, it still never makes sense. It does not register. And, uh, Pete Townsend's musical based on The Iron Man, the same story The Iron Giant's based on. Oh. Interesting. Which we get in 10 years and a couple months. God damn. Oh, yeah. How about that? I'm hopefully going to talk to one of the one of the people who worked in that movie very soon <gasps> Ooh. Um, Ooh. on a podcast. Stay tuned. Gretchen Goes to Nebraska by King's X. The B-52's huge <gasps> hit, Cosmic Thing. Yes. God damn. Tin Roof. Which includes... Rusted. <laughs> Rusted. What does any of that mean? Unclear. I remember, though, on pop-up video, that was one of the pop-ups. It was like, nobody knows what it means. But like One of the speculations was that it meant being pregnant. I remember... Which is sad. I remember being a little kid, and all I'm thinking about is Batman, and my, my friends and my... My family and my yuppie uncle mm-hmm. drives up in a sob around this stupid fucking yuppie pizza place. So many people, and they're talking about how hilarious this song is. He says he's got a Chrysler that's as big as a whale. Can you believe? And then, like, the whole table laughs. Like, what? describing a lyric to a song. Like, I guess when you couldn't pick when you could listen to a new song, like, so, whenever you wanted. A simile yeah. is funny to him, yeah. basically. The whole table laughed. And, like, I, I still, like, I, like I, I always change the channel when this that, that song comes on, but I wait for that oh. one. I got me a Chrysler. But, it's as big okay. as a whale. A, there's nothing funnier mm. than doing Fred Schneider voice. Yes. It makes well, everything like, Brett great. and I were trying to refine... Uh, Fred, Fred Snyder typing, so just intermittently capitalizing things uh, when you type to one another, when you text one another. That's great. I'm into that. And also, throw this on at a wedding. Mm-hmm. It is a banger. Yep. Everyone's out Everybody, on the dance floor. It's so Everybody good. comes down for this. It's a staple. Wow. Yep. And Jesus, I'm getting and, hard. Oh. Uh, it also it introduced so many confused young boys to RuPaul. <gasps> That's right. Because RuPaul's in the video. Is she, it's, really? Hey, it's a tall black woman with a fro. And I would be like, That's a dude. And they would be like, No, it's not, she's too hot. I didn't <laughs> it's a dude. I've yeah, seen this video like a thousand. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. I yep. never, uh Jesus. In Heart Shaped World, uh Chris Isaac's breakthrough album. Ooh. Jesus. Oh yeah. Wicked game. Is this the wicked game? Not wicked yeah. game. Oh, yeah. The hottest uh, music video ever. Yeah. Basically, it's softcore porn. Almost anybody can jerk to that one. And uh, Don Henley's oh, End of the Innocence. Which I love it. On the Rolling Stone yes. top 500 albums list. And this to me, I think I said it before, like the traveling Wilburys and fine young candles. Just I can smell the chlorine from my friend Charlie's pool when I think about this music <laughs> blasting from his dad's stereo yeah. all summer long. Yeah. Um, I love Don Henley. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. That was one of the first CDs I bought was his greatest hits, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the first yeah. CDs I stole from my dad. Album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but sadly, none of those are number one. It's Richard Marks. Nope. Uh, yep. Dick Marks with Satisfied. Uh, that's number one this week. And that'll take us out of 1989. But please, people, stay right there. 1999 is just around the corner. Don't you know? I want you to know. 
so you know, if you're suffering from a disease, a biological terror attack, or even zombieism, you're going to want a really nice mattress to rest on. Yes, it's true. Joking, but most of you will spend more time on your mattress than you will on your couch or in your car. Why not get something comfy for yourself? That's where Casper comes in. And you listeners can save $50 on any new mattress by going to caspertrial.com slash laser time. Casper offers an outrageously comfy... Casper offers an outrageously comfy mattress that combines high-density memory and premium latex foam to create a sleep surface that contours to your body and keeps you cool and balanced throughout the night. Even better, Casper mattresses are almost a quarter of what mattresses will cost you in those big box stores, and they'll ship it to you for nothing. Having reservations? All good. Casper offers a 100-night risk-free trial. Sleep on it for 100 nights. Don't like it? Casper will send a courier to pick it up dispose of it and give you a complete refund as if it never even happened hey maybe it's time to make an adult decision and get a new mattress and casper's got everything you need from twin to california king any size you need and laser time listeners once again can save 50 dollars towards any new casper mattress at caspertrial.com slash laser time thank you casper What's your name? Cause I'm impressed. Can you treat me good? I won't settle for less. You a hot boy, a rock boy, a fun toy, toy boy. Where you live? Coming in with Missy Elliott by the Hot Boys. Just kidding. It's the other way around. Hot Boys by Missy Elliott. Missy Misdemeanor Elliott off of the Real World. Wow. From Richard Marks to Missy Elliott. Uh, love this show. Sometimes. Studying opposites. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the 1999 segment of 302010, June 21st to the 27th. Uh, that song is out this week, but we also have some new releases from Blackalicious. Uh, A2G is out this week. As, so is It's Real by Casey and JoJo. Oh my gosh. Uh, the Soft Bulletin by The Flaming Lips. That is a great it is album. It's a great album. Uh, Surrender by The Chemical Brothers and Significant Other by Limp Biscuit. Sig off. What did they do it all for, I wonder? Is that from this mm, album? No one will ever know. That's, that's not from $3 Bill, y'all? I can't, I can't remember my Limp Biscuit albums, except for Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavor Water. Ladies love that title. Uh, if You Had My Love by Jennifer Love. Uh, Jennifer Lopez is still number one. If You Had My Lopez by Jennifer Love. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, everyone. There's so, so much to get through. Uh, such as a little news to, to get you weighted into the 1999 world. <laughs> Marv Albert is rehired by NBC as an NBA announcer. Yes. Okay. So he was oh originally my. fired for sexual, sexual, consensual sexual indiscretions. Well, it might not have been consensual. I, no. she was a prostitute. I think the woman said it wasn't consensual. Yeah. She, he was biting. He bite. Okay. I thank thought he'd been a prostitute. Yeah. That he yeah, paid to bite. Uh, no, you got to agree to that ahead of time. Yeah, I guess so. I don't. I don't know how that all works. Consent I just got my first massage. I'm not ready to, to go through all that. All that paperwork. That was like one of those memories that like kind of stored in the back of my head as like mm-hmm. a little kid news article that I had heard, and I was like, that can't be right, right? Like this guy yes. bit someone during sex and got fired. That seems like a dream got, I had. He got James Gunn. He got he got fired for his shit, and then like. Everyone's like, oh, that's kind of stupid. When did he get fired? Two years ago. Okay. Two years ago. I think he'd been doing it on some cable networks, but he hadn't been back on a broadcast network. Yeah. I remember hearing that he like bit her on her back. I thought it was her ass. I don't know. I understand wanting to bite an ass. I didn't in 1999. Uh, Yes. Consensual (laughs) ass biting is A-OK. We don't kink shame here, but... 
no, she said that uh, he forced her to perform oral sex. There you go. And uh, there was DNA testing linking him to the bite marks. Oh, goodness. Ew. All right. Uh, didn't understand that story. And then story, there was another woman came forward and said, yep, he, she, he did the same thing. Um, <sighs> all right. So uh, Monster. My, while I await letters for my, uh, my description of the situation, <laughs> uh, let's get into the movies of 1999, June 21st to 27th. These, these word combinations together, I just think Star Wars, Ewan McGregor and Rogue Trader... <laughs> It's yeah. no, yeah. it is not. It is not a Star Wars thing. No Obi Wan for us, but we do have Anna Frail. 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 Rogue Trader. Just worked out the balance in the eighth account. The losses are over ten million dollars. Keep your voice down. Everything will be all right as long as we balance the books by the end of the month. Gamble. That's all the market is. One giant casino. These losses are getting out of control. <laughs> What's bothering me is where you got all the money to actually pay us, okay, in the first place. I've got an unauthorized position. They want to check on these numbers, iron out these funding problems once and for all. Oh. Oh, holy shit. So, one, I didn't realize how rare it was for me to hear Ewan McGregor in an English accent and no American or Scottish mm. accent. Mm. Uh, and, yep. and two, this it literally meant trader, like a, yeah. like a stock trader. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He, this is based on a true story of uh, Nick Leeson, who was an employee at Barry's Bank. Bearings Bank, a British bank in Singapore. And he starts out, he's like a big old hotshot guy. And then he figures out a way to game the system. And then he starts losing and he starts gambling and he starts losing. And um, he ended up losing about 800 million pounds. Oh, my Lord. So mm. uh, uh, like 1.3 billion, let's say, at the time. Yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a scandal. No so doubt. this is sort of, I mean, it's sort of Wolf of Wall Street-y in that mm -hmm. it's based on a true story and it's about fucking with the stock market, but um, it's a lot cleaner. <laughs> There's a lot less horribleness than Wolf of Wall Street, but I mean, it's in the same sort of vein. The Brits sure do love putting their professionals in weird costumes. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a referee yeah. directing yeah. traffic. A uh, yellow and black striped jacket, jacket that every man yeah. and woman is required right. to wear on the floor. It looks like Fucking something weird. you'd win in a golf tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also Anna yeah. Friel, who is the um, female lead of Pushing Daisies. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I have not seen yep. that show that yet. Uh, oh man, I can't wait to see how well this movie holds up. But it really, really hit me really hard. Uh, I think because I just paid for my first abortion. Should that be in the show? I don't know. Uh, shout your abortion, <laughs> man! I, I, Hashtag shout your abortion. I, I just yeah. that, that just happened, and then I get to see what it's like for a man baby to accidentally raise a child. So this wow. movie, like I both thought was entertaining, but like hit me in a weird oh emotional God. level. You could have a you could have had a twenty year old twenty year old. <laughs> No, I cannot that stand how, like, how, how pro-life my ex-girlfriend is. Is like I made some mistakes as a kid. Like you would have had a twenty-year-old right now. Are you crazy? That was the best decision you ever made. Uh, anyway, Steve Buscemi, Leslie Mann, Rob Schneider, wow. John Stewart, uh, Joey Lauren uh, Adams, and Cole Sprouse, Dylan and Cole Sprouse as the kids, mm -hmm. uh, and Adam Sandler in Big Daddy. What do you want? Thirty packets of ketchup. Ketchup for dinner. That's my boy. Pick your own name. What do you want it to be? Frankenstein. All right, I can deal with that. No more baths. I let him become the smelly kid in class. I've had some smelly ones before, but your son is by far the smelliest. Adam Sandler. Happy Halloween. We got a first timer out here. Is a new kind of dad. Hang out right here for a second, all right? Hey, you. Big Daddy. Yeah, that's it. Next year, be prepared. I really like I this movie. I love this movie. Really it's like so this cute. Movie. But I I can't. 
It, oh. I understand. I just let you guys talk. I I can't stand Adam Sandler in screaming man baby mode. It's just never funny to me. This is the only one I like of him in that mode. What I about mean, what I about think... it when he's in a completely like original character, like a water boy or a, no. or a little Nicky? No, 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 no. nothing. No. no Sandler. I don't like. That. Uh, I know that's screaming man baby, possibly with a speech impediment. Not little Nicky. He rarely screams. This is and, yeah. I mean, really, the only other role I like him in is Spanglish. So there you go. Wow. Uh, the movies, so movies, Happy Madison doesn't make. Yeah. A and, vote and, for Spanglish. That and that's awesome. that's what I found into my we'll research for, uh, for my almost popular YouTube video that mm-hmm. we made on the Later Time YouTube channel called Adam Sandler Loves Food. Uh, and it's him shouting out product placement foods. Only the foods, because there is a lot more product placement in Adam Sandler films. Just the food. Snack pack, Subway, Popeye's chicken. He Stop, reads I'm very hungry. the entire McDonald's menu in this film. Uh, oh, my God. It's <laughs> it, amazing. It's, it's, there's so much product placement. But I think yeah. that's what I ended up discovering is that this is because of Happy Madison's new deal. Mm. Their original deal, Waterboy and Wedding Singer, was with Disney. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have as much control, i.e., the effort, the ability to like invite corporate people in to dictate the script and have all these products in. So this is when like I think a lot of bad traits for Adam Sandler movies does start in Big Daddy. I, I know it's it's my age is why I, I still have plenty of affection for Billy Madison and uh, and Waterboy and Wedding Singer. Yeah, but uh, I, I think I think post this it ends up defining Sandler's movie career which is something most people yeah. don't like right unless it's on free for Netflix and then 30 million people watch it oh all of a god, sudden oh my god that's Jesus. insane god, all it, was, all, all, it wasn't free you already paid for it right uh, watch something else uh, but but I don't know Sam well, almost clicked on it by the way the Netflix movie it's it, easy last to do. night like as we're you know falling asleep <laughs> and he was like no 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 <laughs> is it just called murder mystery he panicked yes he like fully panicked what do you think you are Woody Allen you can't have a title that simple uh, Ugh, yeah, uh, but no, I love this. I found I found it to be now. I have not revisited it in many years. Ah, I did. Is, Adam Sandler loves food. Okay, which is you know gives me some pause. But I remember at the time finding it to be very charming, yeah. and you know the little kid actors pretty cute. Now one of them is on Riverdale as Jughead, yeah. and and also it, oh he is yeah. It, it's just not as it's not as like I think blatantly stupid as Sandler movies as they go. Even the cameos right. from like Rob Schneider and uh, Steve Buscemi, like, oh, those were characters that are perfectly fine in this movie. You're not just squeezing in a friend. Right. And, uh, it, and they're not doing something ridiculous. They're playing real types of people. I was never a fan, really, of The Waterboy or Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore. And this was the first time that I felt like I, I was like, oh, I get, okay, this is good. Because it's grounded in some reality. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of the more... Mm. More modern, grounded characters. I think he's he's played at this point because yeah. the wedding singer was the '80s, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, mostly he he'd not played a real person mm-hmm. up until up at this point, mm-hmm. uh, just an exaggerated version of a man child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess there, other than Friends, maybe more so than Friends, his New York apartment makes me so <laughs> fucking mad. <laughs> How many spiral <laughs> yeah. staircases do you have in this, this multi-roomed apartment with roof access? <laughs> what is his job supposed to be? He this? won a lawsuit from a cab running over right. his foot. Right, 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 right. He lives with John Stewart, who's a big fuck all lawyer who fucked around and had a kid. It, it the premise is it's pretty good. Pretty, it's pretty solid. Yeah. That uh, no, I guess it's not <laughs> that that well, a person drops I can off. Tell a, look, I I haven't seen all of this movie, mm-hmm. and I bet I could just sit down and I can write it for you mm-hmm. in about ten minutes. Oh yeah, 
I, I can tell you exactly where it goes, where he's he is a dumb man child. And then circumstances, circumstances, he has to watch this kid. First, he doesn't want to. Then he does because it's funny. Then something happens to take the kid away and he's sad. And then maybe he runs to an airport. I don't know. And then and then gross things happen again and everything's back to normal. No, no, it, it, it's, a, it's a little sweeter than that because his, his roommate, John Stewart, okay. had a kid uh, accidentally a few mm-hmm. years ago and they... Child services comes to drop him off at his house, but he's on a flight. He's like, and I forget, Adam Sandler doesn't take the kid back or call child services. And then, yes, ends up developing affection for him and starts walking. Like, this is a good way to get chicks. And then starts to have a genuine friendship and affection, but eventually has to confront the fact that, like, this is not my child and I can't Mm -hmm. keep this up. But it also makes him grow up a little bit, see another woman. At the end of the movie, I thought it was quite nice to see, like, he's... He he still has the kid in his life because mm-hmm. it's it's best friend's kid, so mm-hmm. he doesn't have to uphold the lie to keep homeboy around. And it's just this sweet moment that no, they're still going to be together forever, and it doesn't have a stupid outcome. Yeah, where <laughs> where okay. he gets where he That's wins a lottery better. ticket to adopt the child. Like right. no, it's just the kid went to his dad, who's also learning how to be a dad. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. That's definitely an improvement over what I it's, thought. It's, how this was I swear end. it's I don't I don't want I really don't want to state my reputation on it, but it no it, it yeah. It plays, but it it does. It, it's pretty realistic as far as a Sandler movie goes. It's hmm. more grounded in it's reality. More grounded, yeah. I would say okay. Re- realistic. Eh, I don't know, but yeah, it's definitely more grounded in reality. And the the love interest is Leslie Mann, I think. <laughs> who... She's she's John Stewart's wife. Is she? Who, who she doesn't get along with Adam Sandler. But there's some Joey Lauren Adams. Joey Lauren. Okay, that's uh, right. it's yeah. She's one Someone of I'm one not of two movies I of. own with her in. Yeah. 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 I uh, do love Leslie Manda is the first time I see her and she's so good. We ruined the good surprise on you. <laughs> love it. And he just yells Hooters at her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shame her for working at Hooters. Not all of it holds up. It's not great. That part's not great, but. Uh, but I, yeah, I had a tremendous affection for this movie, but it might have been related to ending the life of a child prematurely. I know I'm going to. <laughs> well, mine, my affection for it is weird. not based on that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I can, you know. And I said paid for my first. There have been many others. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's move into television. Uh, I'm a big supporter of abortion rights, but I am making a face right now. <laughs> uh, All right. Make it a bad joke. Not everything is real. Um, on to 20, June 21st, the 27th TV, 1999. Oh boy, strap in moms. Uh, Another World gets canceled. Wow. 35 seasons and 8.8 thousand episodes. Wow. Almost, yeah, Yeah. that's crazy. No wonder women aren't nostalgic for shit as much as guys. They had a lot of episodes, always. Is this one of those where it started out as a radio play? I don't know. I think it did, actually. It might have. I don't know what I thought was funny and we'll talk about it I I guess a little more next week sort of but I do remember Passions coming out oh yes because Passions was a soap opera with a weird hint of magic and and ghosts talking doll or something the little (laughs) person was one of the stars basically brought it in to replace this they did and part of the reason let's let's make it crazier and sexier and part of the reason was that NBC didn't own this show Mm. it was just Uh airing uh, show from the studio, but they figured if they put anything else in its time slot, mm-hmm. they would make more money. So they got rid of this show that was, by all accounts, like it wasn't not working. It's just, I think, uh, a lot of affiliates were getting tired of soap operas, mm-hmm. but the, the world yep. wasn't quite there yet. What, is the, what the fuck does the soap opera network do now? I don't even want to look into it. They just show reruns. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of what? 8,000 episodes? When are you going to see the one you like? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's the point. I think the point is to no. put on something that 
like for example, like emotional in times, podcast. Yeah, in times <laughs> of great anxiety in my life, I have been known to zone out to the Home Shopping Network. Mm. I find it very comforting sometimes. Okay. So I think that's what that's for. And I want just want to zone out to people being confronted on affairs every yes. four seconds. I want to zone out to someone getting a drink thrown in their face. <laughs> And then dying and being resurrected with half their brain and half their identical <laughs> twin's brain in their head. Ooh. I'm my, just assuming. My favorite thing about soap operas is after a conversation is over and someone turns to the camera and starts talking to themselves. Mm. That's my favorite. Where we have to hear their internal monologue by them just talking to themselves. I'm like, so Jesse thinks that Sterling doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> I'll put a stop to that. Mm. Like, mm. Is this... Freaking 18th century melodrama? Why everyone in American daytime soaps ends up talking to themselves. It is. I love it. It's weird. Most of what I know about soap operas comes from watching Friends. Because Joey was on (laughs) General Hospital. That sounds like a soap opera. Yeah. It might might even still be on. One or two of them are still on. I think General Hospital is still on. Mm. Pretty sure. I'll tell you what's not still on. The NBA Finals. Mm. Um, Unless they still are now. But... uh, I think the San Antonio Spurs beat the New York Knickerbockers. Am mm-hmm. I going to get in trouble for saying that? No, I think you're fine. Okay. And <laughs> so that happened on the 25th. And on the 26th, oh, boy. Oh. Doug says goodbye. Uh, D- which it, And I totally spaced on looking up. What the fuck happened? Because I remember vividly. I wasn't that, watching it at this point, but I watched yeah. a lot of it when I was younger. Nickelodeon's Doug I watched. This is Disney's Doug. Oh. I think. Yeah, this is Disney's Doug when it moved to. It moved to Saturday mornings, I think, and I just wasn't watching cartoons in 1999. I was yeah. too busy taking paying ecstasy and paying for abortions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just Googled it briefly that uh, uh, Doug and Patty Mayonnaise don't end up together. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's all I know about the Doug finale, which is weird because, like, Doug was super formative. Like, just one of the only, like, I don't know, like a show that was just about normal kids, yeah. animated. Like, oh well, we talked about a little, a little bit on the uh, middle school episode mm-hmm. that we recorded for on um, Laser Time, mm-hmm. because yeah, it's right. just like a bunch of normal dorks. And I think even the clip I pulled for the middle school episode confronts everyone's anxiety right. at going to a middle school pool party, and everyone's body is weird. Yeah. And and in the show, it's so that. great because everyone's body literally is weird because yeah. they're all different like <laughs> colors and shapes, colors and sizes, <laughs> Everyone, and everything. Ha- everyone's hair is terrible. And yeah, dumb. they're just all squiggly <laughs> lines. Oh, dear, Jim Jenkins. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Doug. Doug is a nice little humanist show. We did a laser time about Saturday morning cartoons, and those tended to have to be like loud, bombastic, and based mm-hmm. on a, a movie or a toy line. And, and th- that's why the Nicktoons were so special. Like that, a weekly cartoon that didn't have to be like that. It could be like the world of babies and a it's, violent yeah. cat and dog, and and middle just middle school children adjusting. Doug is like probably the only cartoon I really watched and connected to growing yeah. up because. I maintain that I feel like the vibe of it and even the way it was illustrated, it's basically like a New Yorker cartoon for kids. (laughs) 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 Which makes perfect sense for my taste. There's a lot of like, in his imagination sequences are essentially Family Guy cutaways. Yeah. And those are essentially far side cartoons. Yeah. So like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Little one panel uh, cartoons. I can see it. So I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Like, better start asking for new Doug before uh, before you grow up and don't care anymore, kids. Get get on that. Uh, video games of 1999. There are some uh, this week. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Persona 2: Innocent Sin comes out in Japan. Uh, it would not release in the U.S. until 2000, 2011. So. Wow. 
But now this is one of the most beloved series in all gaming, uh, and how people ended up playing this, I do not know, uh, up until I hit the PSP or some shit like that. And and also in terms of uh, strange releases, probably the weirdest version of a little series called Pokemon. Which Pokemon has bumpers and flippers? All of them. Introducing Pokemon Pinball, now with its own rumble feature for Game Boy Color. The new way to catch them all. <laughs> okay. Pokemon Pinball, a pretty looking game. Uh, pinball meeting, uh, you could still, you could also collect all the po- 151 Pokemon at the time. When on, does Pokemon Solitaire come out? <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that existed. <laughs> all on the, the games DSiWare. for the the window, but they come with Windows. It, it interestingly, or it was actually kind of land based. It is a, uh, it came with a rumble feature. Mm-hmm. So if you saw the way it was sticking out of the DS, it wasn't flush with the contour. It had, it it actually shook, shook the Game Boy, <laughs> which. The cartridge, the had cartridge the itself, mechanism for that. Yeah, it had Weird. built in, and uh, and it would, Whoa. but it required a double A battery that you would have to stick in, and it would constantly drain. <laughs> of course, it would constantly drain it, and it was almost pointless. So yeah, you'd just see a ton of. If you ever saw this in your friend's house, it was always without a battery because no one could really justify that. And why would you want to shake your hands? Shake your hands while you're holding the screen you're looking at, which is a screen that is not backlit. By the way, you have to get like under exact light. So uh, I remember people complaining about maybe there was a Kirby game with uh, the tilt and tumble. I can't remember. How about we close out the show with <laughs> Nookie? <laughs> oh, really? Nookie by Limp Biscuit. We we can do break stuff, but I want to hold on to break stuff for for another couple of weeks because there's going to be a music festival. Oh, in good. There's also a Limp Biscuit song in Big Daddy. Like I, I remember uh, very, very vividly. There's you see a rollerbladed. Oh, all my favorite things in one place. There's, so happy. There's also a Limp Biscuit song on the soundtrack of Mission Impossible Two. Is there? Oh, there that's right. Is. But it's it's their best I song. I kind of love it. <laughs> Please do yourself a favor if you want a good laugh. Look up that music video because if you hadn't wondered what the adventures of Secret Agent Fred Durst oh looked like, God, that's so what bad. The, yeah. It, it's it's so silly. Uh, but let's close out with Nookie. I think one of the worst songs ever. <laughs> Agreed. I'd rather listen to Steal My Sunshine. Yeah, uh, just terrible, but you know, things will obviously get better in 2009. Stay right there. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Right. <laughs> and don't um, spoil Chernobyl for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's the only thing I, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to say anything too much about it's re- my relation to the Russians because I don't know mm-hmm. how much of it is true and I don't actually trust how much of it was actually released by the Russians to, be, to begin with. I'm so fascinated to know more about this thing and I keep encountering shit like this. This happened in my lifetime. Maybe not quite your lifetimes. No. You guys weren't born in 86. Not quite. Next not year. quite. Uh, but Where's like the that year? shit happened in my lifetime. We just talked about 30, 30 2010, Tiananmen Square. This thing I've always heard about. That happened when I was alive. 
Uh, and then she, and then immediately Diana says, "Oh, and that was blah blah blah, British controlled Hong Kong." I'm like, what the fuck? That happened in my lifetime too. Like yep. the, the Brits were controlling a giant Asian yep. city. Jesus Christ! The world is so young. I can't believe we're so mad at what's happening now. It was so much oh worse God. when it's I was a crazy. baby. Yeah. And <laughs> as a big history buff, somebody who's been really digging in these days, mm-hmm. it's really clear to see that the world is kind of in its adolescence a little bit. Humanity is in its adolescence. Humanity, okay. Humanity. No, the-, the world is in middle age for sure, but. <laughs> Humanity, we're we're really stealing cigarettes out of our parents' <laughs> packs and stuff like that. Constantly Definitely. getting caught jerking off. Yeah. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of june 21st through 27th it's a pretty busy week uh frankly especially 50 years ago 1969 uh the same day i can't believe these two things happened the same day june 22nd uh happy birthday to my brother uh many years in advance but uh, june 22nd 1969 50 years ago the cuyahoga river catches on fire because you can't just dump a bunch of chemicals in a river and just figure, oh, and then they go somewhere, and they're fine. That's not how that works. Um, But yeah, the Cuyahoga River in Ohio catching fire is part of what uh, gave us the Clean Water Act, and that's a a good thing. There's also a bitchin' R.E.M. song about it. And the same day, because tragedies say they come together when it rains it pours the same day is when we lost uh, Judy Garland she passed away June 22nd 1969 we'll talk about possible reverberations of that next week but uh, right now I think just you need to appreciate some Judy Garland my god she had a shitty life it's long and it's complicated and it's tragic and if you've seen I mean I guess if you've seen any Judy Garland movies you've probably seen Wizard of Oz maybe in St. Louis Christmas time comes around but Go check out some of her other stuff, man. The Harvey Girls is a lot of fun from 46. Uh, In the Gold Old Summertime is pretty fun. Easter Parade, Summer Stock, and definitely A Star is Born, uh, her version from 1954, which is just a powerhouse of a performance. Like, you get exhausted watching her. You're like, oh my god, I need pills now just to keep up. This is, there's just so much going on, and she's these massive performances. Ugh, it's just, she is an all-round entertainer, for fuck's sake. And uh, also, if you want music, uh, Judy, live at Carnegie Hall, just a double album set, and it's, it's amazing. So, you know, I'm a friend of Judy, not in that way, just like her as a friend. But, yeah, go appreciate some Judy Garland, for fuck's sake. Come on, people. Let's appreciate the classics. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Eat, eat, eat. You spend half of your life Trying to fall behind You're easing your head the fuck is eat coming in with eat uh off of regina specter's farm none of those words i've encountered before it's, 
It's it's a song based on my grandmother's attitude towards me. Eat, 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 <laughs> eat. eat. look so thin. <laughs> eat. Uh, welcome to 2009, everyone. Hopefully, that was a little more resonant for you than it was for me. Uh, we are also watching the music video, which is crazy. Mm. Uh, welcome to 2009, June 21st to the 27th. New music releases include the latest by Cheap Trick. God, I hope that was their last album. What a great name for it. Mm. Uh, Act three, <laughs> Life and Death uh, by the Deer Hunter. There you go, Sarah. Your favorite movie as a child. It's true. Uh, Farm by Dinosaur. Black Clouds and Silver Linings by Dream Theater. A Man's Thoughts by Genuine. Music for Men by Gossip. And uh, Octahedron by the Mars Volta. Music for Men is great. Yeah. Gossip's great. Usually it is. Music for Men is very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we talking about? Boston? Yeah, that's definitely music for men. <laughs> uh, Candlebox. Never heard a lady listen to that. Uh, <laughs> So many songs about being hit. Why would they? Anyway, um, Boom Boom Pow by Black Eyed Peas is still number one because this is summer 2009. It's been three months. Wow. Wow. It has Ooh. been three months. Wow, wow, wow. Will it end soon? Tune in next week. Um, <laughs> uh, a little bit of news for 2009 this period. Uh, I refer to Die on this, but uh, Bernie Madoff is sentenced this week somewhere I looked. Yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. To 150 that guy years? Yeah. But is this like the last time like a, <laughs> a white-collar criminal would be actually charged with... God, uh, it sort of feels like it, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah. Now, the thing is that, like, Bernie Madoff, he's sentenced to 150 years. But then if he can get someone else to give him 250 years, <laughs> then he can sell off. One- yeah, right. no. It's a pyramid scheme. The guy ran an amazingly huge pyramid scheme of just getting new investors to pay off the old investors and then more people give them more money. Yeah, fuck that guy. He's a piece of shit. Anyone who does something just for money, I like. I have no respect for people who earn money for doing question mark question mark with other money hmm. i'm just i'm just yeah i believe in the old-fashioned way ditch digging yes shoveling shit against the, the tide workers. uh yeah and well this is part of a bunch of news and maybe new releases people didn't notice uh because farrah fawcett died which also no one noticed um yeah. at 62 because uh michael jackson died this week and i remember this <sighs> i don't know I uh, we did a podcast in Laser Time recently where I said we'll never talk about this man again, but I'm happy to talk about his death just because I don't oh. know that we'll have another celebrity of the stature that I'll see die like because uh, Heath Ledger happened it happened before this, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It happened before this, and yeah, so that was a, a that was a a shock. But like my dad didn't know who the fuck Heath Ledger was right. Uh, my grand my grandparents didn't know who Heath Ledger was. Everybody in the world knew who Michael Jackson was, and odds are, at some point, you were into something that he did. This is a uh, JFK moment too, yeah. where pretty much everyone remembers where they were when they found out. I, I mean, I remember, I remember exactly yeah. exactly yeah, where I, I was. I also remember because um, it was that weird relationship I ended up built. Like, there's a rumor out there, but like, there's still like a hint of journalistic integrity and in, like CNN. So like, they're not reporting, but TMZ is like. He's fucking dead. Right. And we all have to like hover around TMZ because they don't give a shit. They'll report anything anybody tells them. Mm-hmm. And they just happen to be right. But like the the news networks and we rarely turned on TVs in the in the office. Uh, but we were had it on CNN waiting for like what we felt was more official confirmation mm-hmm. of the news nobody wanted to hear. Yeah, I was in a class and we it was like one of those long classes mm-hmm. that you have sometimes where you get a break in the middle mm-hmm. and everyone on their break like turned their phone off of silent and you the whole classroom was like bling 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 <laughs> because like everyone had texted during the like, you know, their friends during mm-hmm. class and when you turn your phone off 
you know, silent. It was like, oh my god. And I'm not you so guys, much what the hell getting happened? misty over Michael Jackson because having watched Leaving Neverland, Neverland, I don't fucking want to talk about the guy that much anymore. But it's more like seeing a nation more like that was fucking weird. Mm-hmm. That was real weird. Um, and I don't know that I don't know that we'll have another person that famous to to mourn to this degree. And, yeah. and, and just it's such a sloppy death too yeah. it's it's so right. insanely preventable and this one unlike you know heath ledger who, i mean died the same thing mm-hmm. uh overdosing on narcotics um or downers at least uh opioids we have a bad guy on this one so that was kind of interesting yeah, he just and got to jail this, mm-hmm. yeah he went to jail he's back out but he he served part of his four years um and got kicked out because of overcrowding and good behavior but yeah, that we have this doctor, like, finally, it's weird that I was just talking about Judy Garland in, in Classic Corner, because, wow. again, we've got we've got a, a doctor, a professional, medical professional, who's there enabling this ridiculous behavior. The fact mm-hmm. that he's giving propofol, which is a fucking surgical anesthetic yeah, to a guy. It's a surgical sedative. Because he can't sleep. And then when they see he's not breathing, he starts to do CPR on him on the bed, which is not how you do CPR. Mm. And he's a doctor and should know this. You can't do CPR in a bed. The springs are going to absorb everything. You got to drag them to the floor and start doing chest compressions. Mm-hmm. I learned that in my emergency training stuff. Mm. Yeah, that we finally get one of these, this hanger on star fucking doctor who has no problem dishing out this ridiculous amount of medication to this guy who's trying to come back to her, but also you know, has, has really bad insomnia. And well, yeah, there's sometimes I've why. had insomnia that I was like, yes, I would. Oh my God. I would love a surgical anesthetic right now, but you're not supposed to take them because of this. Cause you'll stop fucking breathing. Right. That's why people watch you why- when you are, <laughs> when you're under in surgery anesthesiologist, that's, job. that's their whole job. Exactly. I mean, now it's like anytime propofol comes up, which is a pretty common surgical sedative, mm-hmm. Even for like minor procedures, it's I'm always like the Michael Jackson drug. Oh my god, because it just it feels so dangerous, you know. But obviously, in that setting, yeah, it's the and, most dangerous. And, and the only other strange phenomenon I want to mention, just because I, I did think it was weird, you know, we talked about that in that that uncomfortable laser time we did about things that should be canceled because Michael Jackson Association, because that Leaving the Neverland movie like thoroughly disgusted me and doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to celebrate this man in any way, but him mm. dying out of the blue like that sort of erased all of those allegations and, really and like and not yeah. if not everyone's mind but the media the media this is like no it's michael this is michael jackson icon not yeah. controversial child rapist that we've been talking about for 20 years it all went away he got a documentary oh, yeah. he got video Seven. games he got new albums he was on mtv again it was like it was like all that shit never happened and it was just it's it's in hindsight it's very weird. And I'm, I was absolutely a part of that. So I'm not shaming anybody. Yeah, that's um, reflected yeah. in our TV segment coming up because, yeah, it's yeah. like there was no TV because everything this whole week mm-hmm. was Michael Jackson and, and to some extent, Farrah Fawcett tributes. It was, it, it was, that was really, even, even not hating Michael Jackson, that was a real bummer. Like yeah. that, that someone like Farrah Fawcett could die. Because it, she had been bravely fighting cancer, I think, mm-hmm. up until that point. Yeah. And I think people sort of, she sort of had prognosticated the end was nigh, but like, yeah, she was an icon too in her own right. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, mm-hmm. lots of spe- lots of seeds spilled to her posters from little boys of the seventies. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving into the movies of two thousand nine, I can't promise anything gets better. Um, but, uh, the stoning of <laughs> Roya M. Hello. Uh, yeah, you can do it. Mm-mm. 
not doing Shora, it. Shora Agadashlu and Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel, I know who he is. Uh, Jesus. Shorey Agdashlu and Jim Caviezel in the sto Stoning of Soraya M. I couldn't have a clip because there are some part of it is in English, but most of it is uh, in Persian. So Jim Caviezel really has to be like the the funniest kind of typecasting I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> How so? Just because he played he Christ like... in the most popular movie ever, and I didn't know what his re maybe he's like super religious, but now like. He's only in movies set in olden times and biblical shit. That's true. Only. Yeah. He only uh -oh. plays religious figures. I think he played well, Bob the Jones. Weird thing is, this is part of the thing is this is not in biblical times. Oh, this no. is a recent story of uh, rural Iran oh, and uh, all the men of the town getting together and being dicks and uh, having a vendetta against this woman for did she do something? Did she not? I don't know. That's part of the the story seems to be mm, no she minding her own business and men can't fucking stand that because her husband wants to divorce her to marry a 14 year old because she's got more goats or some shit this all sounds and very boo. biblical <laughs> yeah and yet it's modern um and it's it's pretty good jim caviezel is like unrecognizable in it like he's doing an accent and he's got i think a nose on or something but it's like i saw his name and then i watched the trailer and i'm like no that's not jim caviezel yeah oh, for, for me jim caviezel is always unrecognizable <laughs> i couldn't pick him out of a lineup yeah yeah uh yeah, but shoriak is I, I love her as an actor she has the coolest voice yeah was, I know she even replicate it? was she in um house of sand and fog yes oh okay, yes. was she the wife yeah. Yeah, she was awesome. I love her. <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's great in everything. Wow, House yep. of Sand and Fog. Everybody everybody was, was looking at their NPR watch list that week. We all lit up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right, and also, I, I, I almost accidentally read this as the surveillance of Bill Pullman. No. <laughs> I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Ironside, uh, Ryan Simpkins, Pell James, uh, Julia Armand, and Bill Pullman in the movie Surveillance. And uh, we have Jason... Uh... Oh, you, Jason well, Patrick. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, surveillance, uh, I can quickly say, is the return of Jennifer Lynch after the fucking debacle of Boxing Helena many, 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 many years ago. And now she's making a movie about uh, the murders going on in a scary small town. And then FBI agents have to come and try to figure it out. And it looks like so over stylized that it's kind of unwatchable and why. And I don't like it. Mm. <laughs> okay. The reviews are horrible. I, I didn't even bother. I Just the trailer annoyed me. I couldn't watch it. I have a feeling the next movie is something I would consider truly unwatchable. Oof. Jason Patrick, Alec Baldwin, yeah. Cameron Diaz, and Abigail Breslin in My Sister's Keeper. Once upon a time, I saved my sister's life, and it was a miracle. I'm Taylor. Maybe we could hang together sometime. It's a good life, isn't it? These your kids? Yes, they are. Question is, are they yours? I guess you could say that we're a little dysfunctional. But everybody loves each other, and we do the best we can. My sister's keeper, rated PG three. Okay, hmm. so I read the book. Oh, this is like oh. part of my mom and my sisters and my unofficial book club, where we all read the same book and then we get together and go see the movie together. <laughs> and the book is actually pretty good. It's by Jody Pico, who is a really prolific salsa maker chiclet writer <laughs> which i put that in quotes because like chiclet is so derivative you know it's just, i hate those tiny pieces yeah. of gum man it, yeah i just hate using that term but yeah it's a, it she writes mainly women read her but anyways <laughs> the mainly women read <laughs> also true yeah. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, the book is pretty good. Jo- I really love Jodi Pico. She's mm-hmm. a great writer, and a lot of her books revolve around legal issues. She's kind of like a Lady John Grisham in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the concept, you can't get this from the trailer at all, but the concept no. is really interesting. So basically, Abigail Breslin's older sister in this has a really terrible, aggressive, bad form of cancer Mm -hmm. and she had been fighting it throughout her childhood and so her parents Cameron Diaz and Jason Patrick get to decide to have another baby in order to harvest that baby's umbilical stem cells in order to treat her older sister basically as the story goes on and the girls grow up and she's continuing to fight cancer and the younger sister is does not have cancer and wants to live her life but still you know they have i think the same blood type so she's like doing blood transfusions Mm -hmm. and then maybe there's a bone marrow question like can she donate bone marrow and this the Younger sister finally gets the point. She's it, like, I don't want to be a yeah, body farm for my sister anymore. It's metaphorically, it's yeah. like it's like a, a nice version of waking up in Mexico in a bathtub full of ice. It's but like, cr- yeah. Well, you didn't have a choice. Like yeah. whether you that's that is interesting. And so Alec Baldwin comes in mm-hmm. because she wants to get legally emancipated from her parents, so she can make her own medical decisions. Basically, I don't want to keep trying to save my sister's life, you know. He comes out and demands stem cells. Nice guy, fuck you. Go home and play with your kids. Yeah. I want stem cells. (laughs) Always be stem cells. Anyways. (laughs) First prize is you get to live. (laughs) So he plays the attorney for the younger sister. Really interesting concept. The book is great. I definitely recommend it. Very fast. Great beach read. Um, Obviously very sad. And then you find out at the end, actually, no, it's not the younger sister who is the one that wants to stop saving her older sister. It's mm-hmm. the older sister's idea. She just wants to stop medical treatment mm-hmm. and just Whoa. die with dignity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, let it go, basically. Mm-hmm. It's great. The movie is not great. <laughs> <laughs> the movie so, is yeah. very Say I recommend ghastly. you read this movie. <laughs> yeah. Read the movie. <laughs> Um, Yeah, the movie's very schmaltzy and very melodramatic. It's, you know, central melodrama. And they really, really go deep on the how um, hard cancer is on the body. Mm. You have this child, you see this child going through so many horrible medical treatments and losing all of her hair and, you know, having her face be like so puffy from like, you know, steroids or whatever she has to take. And it is really really intense so yeah skip the movie read the book i have obviously have very intense feelings about this feel the same way about transformers uh but but you do like the next movie though oh yeah you are expressing excitement Mm -hmm. for just being able to talk about this Catherine O'Hara, jeff daniels john krasinski and maya rudolph and away we go you don't have to stay here well where'd we go we could go anywhere we want now I'm wondering what we're doing. Did you look at the itinerary? I stapled it to the inside of your jacket. Ah, look at you! You're so fat! In a way, they go. Hey, Lowell, I used to have nice jugs, right? They sucked me dry. Now I just tuck them into my socks. You ready for that, Bert? What the hell is this about? Now I don't remember. I, so cute. I always think this is We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> I don't know why you think that. But I don't either. This is so cute. Yeah? What's it about? Di, you want to take this one? 
Sure. Um, it is written by uh, Dave Eggers, Dave, uh, Dave. Dave Eggers and his wife, Vendela Vida. Um, and it is about uh, a couple that uh, they're going to have a baby and they're trying to figure out where's a good place to raise a family. And so they just sort of wander around the country in a, in a picaresque manner, mm-hmm. um, meeting up all different like family or extended family or old friends and stuff, trying to figure out like, is this uh, what kind of family do we want to be? Where do we want to go? Do we want to be in Denver? Do we want to be in Phoenix? About um, Wisconsin and what try out Montreal? And they, you know, they go through sort of like all meeting all these different people and stressing about uh, having a kid and what kind of family they they want to be. And there's I've only like known one one couple. It's really cute. I've only known one couple in my life who had the luxury of doing that. Mm. Uh, but it sounded really cool. Yeah. yeah. To, like visiting cities to pick where you want to live because you know you're going to be able to get a job. Right. Physical therapy, yeah. but that, that I mean, yeah, physical yeah. therapy is physical therapy. always in demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so great. It's very charming, very heartwarming. All mm-hmm. the actors are so good. Mm-hmm. Melanie, th- I think this is the first time I saw Melanie Linsky, who I really love. Oh, and she, oh. her performance is perfect. You haven't this. seen Heavenly Creatures. Oh my god. Yeah, this is oh. the first time oh. for me. She's great. Yeah, she's yep. great in everything. But. Yeah, um, I mean, just heard uh, Allison Janney and Jim Gaffigan. Uh, you got, love yeah, that. Uh, Chris Vesita and Paul Schneider. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's light. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, ugh. Yeah. And I'm just dreading talking. About, I, I don't want to talk about this movie at Enjoy. all. Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, out of all the movies for 2009, that's probably uh, that's the one the that one. we're going to recommend. I think away we go because the number one movie is crap. Yep. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. But it, it like we did a show about strikes a while ago on Laser Time, mm-hmm. and this is this and Wolverine. I think this year were the ones uh, rumored, reportedly, whatever you want to call it, like hampered by the the, the writer strike because mm-hmm. no one could come back and write this thing. This movie, in addition to like being bad and stylistically not for me, is a fucking mess. Uh, it's a fucking mess. John Turturro, in particular, shows up out of nowhere to do nothing. He doesn't get all, urinated but, on at some point. Yeah, yeah, but there's like there's no real reason for him to show up on the side of a pyramid in Egypt. Right. Uh, it's it just like I, I think Michael Bay bragged about direct uh, writing himself because he had to. Hugo Weaving, Mark Ryan, Tony Todd, Peter Cullen, Shia LaBeouf, and Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Son. Which reminds me, yeah. Bumblebee is fantastic, that, by the way. Bumblebee is a great movie. Really? Yes, I want to yeah, say. Congratulations. It, that is the trailer that had the most dialogue in it. <laughs> that feels right. Yeah, but still no mud flap and skids. Like a. What, kind oh, of, God. Two oh, profoundly Jesus. inappropriate characters. Uh, oh, sweet Jesus. One of them voiced by SpongeBob. So he had. Yeah. Joyous Black Scent. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, ter- this is terrible. Yeah. You know what? You know, so bad. You know what? Uh, Michael Bay thought would be important for me to see in a Transformers movie. Hmm. Let's start out with the death of Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. and focus on the real thing: Sam Witwicky's parents. They're going to go, <laughs> who are also traveling in Paris. So why? Why do I spend twenty minutes of the, with them over the course of this? Who film? are they played by? Old Anyone? people. No. Okay. No. Allison. No. They're um, Ke- uh, Kevin. What's his name? Yeah. Exactly. And what's her face? Yeah. What's his name? And yeah, what's her face? No. I mean, charming, recognizable character actors. Yes. But who cares? Yeah, who cares? What does this have to do with anything? Nothing. But it, it like, 
I've never. It, it's very rare oh, when you can you can yes. watch a movie that like, well, that shouldn't have been there. I know the Kevin <laughs> you're talking about. This this doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, the title is stupid. <laughs> Revenge of the Fallen. The fuck? Just call it Revenge. Just call it two. <laughs> what, two? Yeah. What the fuck does yeah. that even mean? Transformers two. Uh, and, and it was the. I wanted to say it was the worst review Transformers movie, but I think it really soured adults on the franchise like we're not going back into this yeah because I, I was definitely in the theater for the first one wasn't me for me but I didn't I didn't totally loathe it as much as a lot of other people did this I really hated and I've mm-hmm. never gone back mm-hmm. uh, I've tried to watch Age of Extinction and um, that's about it but I, just, yeah no interest zero yeah. but I saw Bumblebee and if you'd like to see a prequel, it's just E.T. with Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah, it's totally enjoyable. It, it can happen. Like, and, and fucking great shots of Cybertron, unlike all these fucking movies. Uh, watch Bumblebee instead of this a thousand times. Okay. Uh, I promise. I probably won't yeah. do that either. I, but. I, I tried to watch that. I don't care for any of the Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I... I watched this one literally just to find out how bad is it. And then there was there were a bunch of different periods where I'm like, am I not getting this because I don't remember the last movie? And that immediately wore off. Like, oh, my God, no, this is like, this is just gibberish. Yeah, it's total gibberish. It's <laughs> just sort of randomly assembled scenes that don't make a ton of sense. And, and is, this the one that, yeah. the, is this the one that starts out with helicopters flying over a desert and then says, Kuwait, comma, Middle East? What? <laughs> Thanks, Michael Bay. Thanks for trusting what? me. Thanks for trusting right. me. To... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Earth, comma, the planet you're on right now. That is insane. Such trust. Uh... Does he know yeah, that's and not and a country? <laughs> bullshit at the pyramids, so there's a lot of running in sand and robot testes, everyone. Robot yeah. testicles. Uh, was this one with the robot Xbox? Really, really crass product placement appears in this film. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck this. Fuck this. I don't want to. Fuck the Transformer. Yeah, fuck it. I, it, it, I don't want to talk about it. it, it I, I have to imagine it's the worst. I was even interested in seeing three. See Bumblebee. How about that? Man, again, I keep starting to do a laser time about the concept of channel drift, but fewer things mm-hmm. make me matter than the TV shows that came out in the period of tw- the 21st through the 27th of June, 2009, because the one channel I don't want to accept channel drift from is Cartoon Network. Mm. Even though I like, I like plenty of live-action Adult Swim shows, for kids stuff like dude just stay animated animated's not a genre like the only thing you can't do in animation is a reality show yeah and drawn together did that so like i, I you can do anything in this medium there's there's except for game shows and uh so this week andrew wk helps introduce us to two new programs on the show destroy build destroy and brain rush for a new block on cartoon network <laughs> Watching Cartoon Network. I'm Andrew WK. This is a visual aid. This is our Cartoon Network programming visual aid. The white represents the cartoons we show most every night. And this represents CN Real on Wednesday nights. Rain Rush, Destroy, Build, Destroy, The Other Siders, Survive This. It all starts at 8. Wednesday nights, CN Real, only on Cartoon Network. Yuck, CN Real. Ooh. Oh, man. I do love Andrew WK, though. No, this show, his show's not bad. great. Build, like, how you you destroy something, then try and build another vehicle or thing out of that thing like it, oh, it went for another five, four it. seasons yeah. it's not a, a bad concept. concept but why does it have to be in the cartoon yeah. network it just seemed like you you guys wanted to stab at that reality show cheap fucking win mm-hmm. uh no be the cartoon network or show a rerun <laughs> there yeah. 
How about that? That feels like more of a Nat Geo <laughs> situation. Yeah. yeah, or dare I say History Channel at this point. Sure. <laughs> so, I don't know. Seeing real. And it, not, it doesn't get any more interesting than that because yeah. uh, uh, Merlin premieres on NBC. Yeah. Merlin. Guess what it's about? Um... Can't High come finance. Up with, can't come up with a joke. God damn it. Yeah. Is it is it about uh, uh, the, the magician? Yeah. And it's like set during the period you would expect it to be. So it doesn't even have like a fun twist. Like, Buddy lives in downtown New York. It's just it's just we, Merlin. It takes place during the Bermuda stage after he goes there in Sword in the Stone. You don't get to see that in the movie. Mm. So thank God they're fine. That's mm. a dumb reference, but I love Sword in the Stone. That's the only Merlin I, I want to see. Like, oh, you got some book talk. Yeah, some book oh, talk. God. So this really, I think, gives us like a, a good bite pun intended, oh. of what's oh. going on in 2009 yeah. right now because four out of the top 15 books on the New York Times bestseller fiction list are vampire That's books. That's crazy. Whoa. Including the debut of The Strain by Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan, which I did not know was a book, but I watched the TV show for a little while and I really enjoyed it. I like the poster for it. The yeah. guy's head exploding out of a computer. Yeah. I liked the first season at the very least, but then also included Skin Trade, which is not what you think it's about. It's about vampires by uh, Laurel K. Hamilton, Dead and Gone by Charlene Harris, which is part of the Sookie Stackhouse series, which is what True Blood is based on, Mm -hmm. and Undead and Unwelcome by Mary Janice Davidson. But four out of 15 books on the fiction list are vampire books. That's so crazy to me. It's funny because during this period... What a weird time. I rented a car and drove back to Florida and picked up a Christian radio station and listened to an interview with Anne Rice... Who was, who was still writing, but she was born mm-hmm. again, and then she decided to make right. Lestat and all of her characters Christian too, and just sort of shit the what? bed in the middle of a vampire phenomenon wow. with a bunch of famous characters. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow, um, wow. I don't even know. Yeah, I read some of the Charlene Harris books, and they are basically cotton candy. Like it's just like, <laughs> and it's gone. Like it is the it's it is the lightest shit you could read. But you know, if you're if you want something fun to read on the beach. That's not about um, a child magazine. having cancer. <laughs> Read this a Mad Magazine. Not, yeah. It's never been better. Yeah. Man, it's it's strangely a really, really big week for video games. So let me get through this. It's a lot. Yeah, the summer, I guess. I thought they, they, the, the summer in, uh, in the 2000s, yeah. Like usually video game, video game people stayed away from the summer because that's when the kids sort of had the least control over what they get to do at home. Because you're either away at sleepaway camp, staying mm. with relatives. I mean, that's what I was doing. I blame climate change. <laughs> Nobody wants to go outside anymore because it is too hot. It could be true. But uh, Mass Effect Galaxy for the iOS, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen has games out that are actually not bad. And uh, I, I do this. What a weird time uh, with the PS360 and then the Wii and the 3DS being completely different hardware systems. There are three mm. new Overlord games this week. Overlord, a perfectly charming game. Releases three sequels this week. Overlord 2 for PS360 current-gen systems. Uh, Minions for Nintendo DS. And Dark Legend for Wii. Three unique... Holy shit, do you, you wow, do not value my hell. time. Wow. Um, Battlefield Heroes, the Battlefield series uh, free-to-play online game that I know a lot of people miss. Blood Bowl is out. Fight Night Round 3, EA's boxing game. Uh, oh, Near and dear to me, Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. This uh, I love Monster Hunter. And I worked at the company that made Monster Hunter for a little before everyone loved it, and it became one of the best-selling games on PS4 and Xbox One. Love Monster. Going to be playing that Iceborne uh, demo this weekend. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That Iceborne mm-hmm. beta. Sure. But Monster Hunter Freedom Unite, it was, it was always a big Japanese phenomenon, and um, it, it really hit its stride on PSP, and it always sort of struggled in America. But I, I asked my friend Yuri over at Capcom 
what was significant about this. And if this is the one that broke through the most, he's like, I guess it broke through the most at that time. Uh, but every game did that. It was a slow burn with the, the series becoming popular in America. But Monster Hunter Freedom Unite, it's on. It's been ported to iOS since then, so you can play. I think you can still play it. But it introduced feline palicos, your little AI companions, your cats that dig and find you shit, and then Narakuga, one of my favorite animals uh, ever, kind of like a big lizard cat that shoots spines out of its tail. Ooh, and it's dope. Cool. And, and, and he wanted me to play an epic monster quest where you have to hunt numerous monsters in a single quest, and you carve, mm-hmm. and all you get are potions. Because it's like a boss rush. Spore Galactic Adventures is also out. That's EA trying to get the most out of this uh, uh, Will Wright game that kind of shit the bed. The Sim City of Species didn't totally uh, oh, yeah. appeal to people. And the weirdest one that I covered a shitload of at the time, The Conduit. Uh, again, the, the PS360, they had most core gamers' attention. And the Wii, very quickly, it was not an HD system. It didn't have so much as a real controller. It had very little online aspect. So it kind of got a glut of baby games and mini games and family friendly things, and it was just hard to make stuff for. But one uh, high voltage, were like, no, we're going to make a first person shooter that you use the Wii remote for, and they made a competent Washington DC set shooter with an online component for the Wii. This is probably other than Metroid Prime Three, the most significant uh, first person anything for um, the Wii, and it's it's not bad. I don't know how it holds up now, but it can since it can never be HD. Uh, but we'll see. They made a sequel. Let's move on. Uh, because that is, that is it for 302010. Uh, we do want to renew our comment show. But technically, you haven't even unlocked our comment show. We just want to give our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time some incentive to donating the price of a cup mm-hmm. of coffee every month uh, to help to help. Well, to help <laughs> to help me fix my car at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've recently mm-hmm. fixed my cat and now my car's busted again. But uh, little things like that help uh, are helping us out through this weird period of uh, of taxes and all. It's just it's just a strange time. Let me say that uh, you can hear more about my strange times on Bonus Time, the show we give uh, our patrons every single week, uh, where we talk to new and different people about different things, see what's going on in our lives, what new movies we've seen, or like I, like I keep teasing and keep delaying it. The worst date I've ever been on in my life. Mm-hmm. Or how does a bad back lead me to speaking at a black church for an hour? Oh, yeah. uh, that is a, that is a thing that happens. They're two good stories. They are good stories. And they are, they're, they're coming uh, to patreon.com slash laser time. In addition to over 100 movie commentaries, we want to make, start making new movie commentaries, uh, maybe playing some games with you guys over there. So we're going to try and enhance some stuff, maybe add some new content as soon as we can. It's just a rough, rough time. Uh, but we do thank everyone for our supports. Everyone who listens to Laser Time, which this week was all about um, even more stupid cartoon shows based on video games. It's just a oh, weird no. phenomenon in that most of the video games that are popular now cannot be easily adapted into children's shows. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, sh- I'm sure Fortnite can do it. I know Overwatch could do it, but it just seems like Blizzard would rather make their own animations. So, like, It's Halo Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Let's join the party at Halo Friends. Liberty City Babies. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about that over there. And um, what, what reminded me of it? Uh, on uh, Video Game Apocalypse, a weekly video game show hosted by uh, Matty Allen and Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Rapares. Uh, we were talking about something. Michael Ironside, that's what it was. Sorry, we yeah. mentioned him briefly for a second. How he's the voice of Sam Fisher. And we're talking about that uh, with our friend Alina Yu. talking about hot dads. Hottest dads in games. Ooh. Yeah, yeah almost in time for Father's Day. And a bit of our, our, E3, our E3 reflections. So feel free to listen to those. Diana, where can people find you? 
Uh, they can find me on Twitter at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast, where I tease, oh, so many things coming up. When will the Black Eyed Peas leave me alone? <laughs> and now i got to ask you who died. Who is dead this week, even though we know. Uh, this week, we have three, and they were all in 2009, because as we said, Michael Jackson was 50, and he overshadowed Farrah Fawcett, who was 62, that same day. Two days earlier, Ed McMahon was 86, and yes! he got overshadowed by both of them. By wow. the way, my Ed McMahon is totally distinct from my Marv Albert. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! I can hear it. Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah. Uh, that's that's what your Patreon dollars are going for. Me, now me say, this vocal training I do every morning. Please, my lady, may yes. I bite you on your back? <laughs> <laughs> let me let me bite that. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just want to go into Dick Vitale from NBA Jam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his dick's on fire. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, but yeah, Ed McMahon. Yeah, I I almost care about that. <laughs> I mean, he's an old guy who died. Yeah, he's an old guy. Uh, had a full life. Probably made way more money Surprise than he deserves. Saw a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he between... got to sit around drunk on TV like every night, and people loved him for it. Yeah. True, but the on best TV thing he ever, the best thing he ever did was inspire the character Hank Kingsley. Of hey now. course, oh, <laughs> oh hey that now. is so true. Hey now, hey now. Uh, it was a back tooth. Yeah, <laughs> owner and proprietor of the revolving restaurant in L.A. on the ground. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> with no windows uh, I love it so much yeah alright but with the desk come the bubbers oh birthday is a doodly doo a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo a birthday okay we got a happy 40th birthday to someone born June 21st 1979 in Virginia Minnesota so what? That's confusing. That's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's born when in Paris, Texas? What was the yeah. date? I was no. uh, June 21st, 1979. He's turning 40. Mm. No pain. Um, placed his family, moved to Washington State, uh, and he was a high school wrestler. Uh, after high school, he was discovered by Ray Dong Chong waiting tables at a bummagum shrimp factory in Maui. Is it Chris Pratt? It is Chris Pratt. What? <laughs> wow! Look at you. Yeah, sorry, I remember the Radon Chan thing. Holy shit! Uh, yeah. I Wait, had the never what? heard that. I was I was just waiting to say that you're working, you know, waiting tables at fucking Bubblegum Shrimp Factory, and in 20 years, Arnold Schwarzenegger's your father-in-law. <laughs> That's crazy. But Think I felt I feel like the Bubba Gump Shrimp Factory weight job is very on brand for him. Oh man! I, I recently oh, wait, met the mascot. Who discovered him? Radon Chong. What is? Who is that? Um, Tommy Chong's sister. <laughs> Tommy Chong's daughter. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of his first movies. It's never been released or seen, but I think there's like a picture from it on his IMDb. I heard him in an interview mention that. Huh. Yeah, that was his first. Just that that whole guy's life is like. Yeah, I'm just this flaky weirdo guy who's nice. He's like exactly like the Andy character. So it seems to me that's mm-hmm. that's how he makes it sound like he got into Christianity. He wasn't he wasn't born yeah. religious, and then someone at 27 came up. You want to meet Jesus? Yeah, this is really fun. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely goes to one of those like cool pastor churches yeah. that you know, like they got. Uh, yeah, some of us yeah. wake up every yeah. day knowing that we wanted babies to live. Boom! Bing! Hashtag fire symbols. Hundred emojis. He's the one now getting the shit for being at the uh, anti-choice church. Um, right. Uh, oh. Beloved Chris Pratt. Anyway, anyway, nailed it. My least favorite, Chris. Nailed it. Really? 
He's all right. I, I, don't, I love his character in Parks and Rec so much. I mean, it's so good. And yeah. he's so wonderful. I, I, just, I get bye-bye little Sebastian stuck in my head on occasion. Oh. It's like a thousand <laughs> candles in the wind. But yes, this show has been executive produced by the one and only David Reinhardt, a uh, dear friend and valued patron at patreon.com slash later time. Thank for a, you. Yeah, the price of, a, of a, a value meal every single month. You can support your favorite podcast network, Laser Time, 302010, Video Game Apocalypse, and more to come. Thank you guys so much. Let's close out with fucking Love Shack. Yeah. yeah, I will. Oh my god, a Chrysler as big as a whale. You're killing me. There's been... It seats about 20. That's impossible, which is what so makes it funny. And bring your jukebox. I can't believe we're roasting your uncle right now at the end of this. Suck it, Bob. Uh, all right. We've got to get out before the intro because I love the intro of the song. It's like a party. It's true. Uh, but we'll be back next week with more 302010. Be there, people. Box money.